Hello and welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Preacher. This is season one, episode eight, El Vero, written by Olivia Default, directed by Kate Dennis. This episode premiered 717 of 2016. And I gave the rating for this one an 8.8 out of 10. I did laugh quite a bit. There was some really good scenes in here. Um, we didn't get much of Cassidy or Tulip, even though we did get a little bit of Tulip in this episode. But the town shenanigans definitely left some moments of uh, just sheer hilarity. That made this episode really worth watching and we tried and we got a little bit of kind of wrapping up with trying to get genesis out of jesse voluntarily um now they got to move on to plan b i don't know what plan b is but we are moving a little bit closer to the finale with only two episodes left it seems as if things are progressing to whatever the next level is now that these two angels cannot contain the situation we start this episode in veil we get odin kim cannon's backstory during a skiing trip while on a tram for lack of a better word because i don't know what that is you will never catch me out on some mountains in the middle of winter the wires snap and the whole family perishes within an instant. This, of course, is understandably enough to push a motherfucker over the edge. He lost his daughter as well. He did not join as his wife had stated. He was too busy doing his work at the power or meat and power plant. He calls the preacher john huster at the time and we start to link up the scene that we saw earlier when he visited him in his office in the middle of the night surrounded by his family's corpses he is having a crisis of faith preacher wants him to let god help him over the tragedy but upon receiving his beloved family members including his daughter he dissected their corpses and that of a cow to find something like a soul but he determined that it's all meat you can't tell the difference between the human and the animal because in truth we are all animals and what makes us unique is our own inflated sense of ego <laughs> now there is something to be said about the fact that we cannot explain consciousness what makes us conscious versus other animals there is that question mark that allows for the entertainment of many ideas i.e the simulation uh one that that's going around pretty popular right now simulation theory but it is not something that's tangible and he realizes in this moment that he's he's been following the religion of something that's intangible and yet he's looking for tangible proof of it and he doesn't have it and he's told to you know just believe in him but he wants the preacher john to denounce him but john refuses and this is the site jesse 
had last of odin king hannon yep he serves the god of meat presently he sends men in to oust jesse but he handles the intruders rather easily they came out the one dude was like he broke my arm the commentary from the townspeople is what really sold this episode for me jesse is inside drinking and telling god he won't use the power again if he returns eugene and voila eugene reappears with assistance back through the hole that swallowed him into hell earlier jesse wants to call his daddy because he's been worried but eugene after choking blood and wondering is this the real life just wants some water after three glasses jesse gonna ask what happened are you stupid or something eugene says you called me and so i came my favorite line was you dug out of hell with your bare hands it's not that far jesse was interrogating him like he went on some voluntary vacation somewhere and not traumatized beyond comprehension thanks to you who has yet to even to pretend to be sorry not one apology it's like well what was it like it was crowded he's teary-eyed and you over here being all types of inquisitive i take back what i said earlier in last episode jesse is textbook narcissist symptoms include grandiosity need for admiration disregard for other feelings others feelings an inability to handle any criticism a sense of entitlement or inflated sense of importance lack of empathy for others callous often having troubled relationships just when i think i'm being too harsh on the character there seems like this that reinforce no you're reading things correctly he does eventually call his daddy and tell him that i have your son and he's gonna meet them at the church odin is telling his men how he means to turn the church into a meat packing plant with a food court something odin's unfamiliar with but he knows it's different restaurants with all types of orientals and mexicans and all that type of food that you get they must get up that hill though if they want it quite a speech from their general jesse is pity partying himself about how eugene was right and he should give it back the power eugene mentions the angels and that is when it's found out that eugene is not really there he's a hallucination due to a whole ass bottle of jack whiskey the first inclination that it wasn't eugene was the fact that he told him not to call his father if he knew his father was worried that would be eugene's first priority even over getting something to drink emily is drowning out life with a hairdryer at home until she is told miles is there which annoys her again women who think they deserve more wanting the asshole bad boy because the goody two shoes is beneath her expectations that's fine but it's also why you unhappy he washed her sneakers which is beyond thoughtful if a little insinuating in her life 
and snaps at him as she is upset that Jesse sold the church. But God forbid she shows her true emotions around the man Jesse himself because you're too busy cafeing. Then she has the audacity to ask him to take her kids to school. He takes his anger out on her child because he knew that milk was expired because she is a shitty mom on top of it but pours it in the cereal anyway because he is tired of being an underappreciated parent like these children are not mine and yet i take care of them like they're mine i'm here i do the chores i do the dishes i fuck you every night what the hell like i get you trying to deny all of this but at the same time you also are shit (laughs) you're not even uh, you know worth it really i'm better than what you're doing right now tulip goes pet shopping and purchases brewski from a shelter funniest scene was attack on fort forlorn church <laughs> or fort church food court hope as the team storm like there's some great army only to be met with sniper jesse who pushes them back they was real serious too like putting up the gun like march <laughs> all they needed was some freaking uh drums in the background so the men fall back so they leave the tractor to handle business and tear the place down except the tractor gets hit with a molotov cocktail Clive comes through the mist in one last desperate attempt, shouting food court, food court, food court, food court to motivate him. He's met with a bullet. No one knows where he's been hit, but they cheer anyway when they see him emerge until he gets closer and he announces, Preacher shot my dick off. Oh my God. I could not stop laughing. He's like, he that was a really good shot. He just <laughs> shot it clean off. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. I'm fine right now. It's probably gonna find right there. Look at look at my dick. It's just resting. Oh my gosh. That is exactly what Clive deserves. And I love that it was just some unintentional <laughs> attempt to take a church. Poor Sheriff Root shows up because he thinks his kid is in there. Odin tells him the preacher has finally lost his marbles. Doesn't ask the necessary backup questions. Preacher demands the two agents. Two Asians? That guy played Freddy Krueger. By the way, and seeing him in this comedic role, like the way he just talks, he is 100% Texas. I'm racist as fuck. And I'm going to tell you to your face because i don't give a shit i love like this is the kind of excitement that brings out the neighborhood and invites a barbecue they knew what they was doing someone was doing machine shop work they was trashing the shit out of down south folks because this is exactly what would happen is there gonna be any more shooting shit i hope so sheriff root approaches odin who is sitting under an umbrella in a chair with his sandwich and tells him he is good to, or he's happy that the professionals are handling things and that he is concerned regarding his son 
like him getting caught in the crossfire he admits despite the disagreements him not knowing where he was these past few days you know his son he doesn't know what he would do without him so that tells us that jesse been in this church for days just drinking odin holy tells him uh you'll get over it or you move on or something to that effect he'll manage having lost his child i like how people are reacting to the loss of a child emily watches clive get wheeled away and miles drop bars on her you hear me he dropped bars he said look preacher is a criminal you've seen it with your own eyes and do you have any inclination what if he succeeds this will do for your town the town your children go to school at did you know that there are 38 kids in your child's classroom 38 children by the time your youngest gets older there might not even be a school we literally need this expansion i wanted to do it with green acres that son of a bitch said no now we down with this uh and just jesse did make a bet he bet the church and it's illegally binding but what i love about his statement to her was the man in the church that's a fantasy and then there's reality you gotta choose one and by the way you're out of milk oh my god Chef Root thinks despite Jesse's mental health, the church is sacred ground. He said, Odin, bullshit. Now get gone. And then he, <laughs> he has a lovely speech that he gives his crowd. But not before the angels show up to take Genesis, whom Jesse is still fighting giving up or owning up to the consequence to, as he's still convinced God wanted him to have it. He feels like this is his way to get answers to everything he wanted in his life, and he doesn't want to give up his ticket to doing that. DeBlock asks, what good has he done with the power all this time? Yeah, that's what I thought. Shut the fuck up. Odin is tired of the picnic atmosphere, and his boys, in four minutes, they are attacking, except for some reason it'll be night. He was like, so the ones with your hammers, all that, your clubs, Billy clubs. Oh no, your clubs, Billy and otherwise. <laughs> They're going to be shields. It's like, it's not like I'm trying to pretend that you aren't shields. Because you are. He plans to overwhelm Jesse with the faceless wave of bodies. Donnie goes to his car, takes out his gun in the trunk and shoots but we don't know what the hell happened i figure if he probably killed himself there'd be a much more like people wouldn't be just waiting <laughs> outside that would be the biggest thing happening inside fior and the block they seem to get genesis back but because they can't help him get to hell like they're somehow in in any of angel's jurisdiction Jesse gets upset once Genesis is gone. Uh, you fucked up. Did you think maybe you can't fix it? You need to live with the fact that you can't fix your mistake. And these two really don't have any type of... Like, I get what Jesse could be feeling. Of You guys are supposed to be angels. Aren't you divine beings from what I've been told all this time? 
And clearly, you don't know the whole story. <laughs> so why are you acting as if it should live up to the story you're being told, which is very annoying about Jesse? But even so, they're like, look, this is not, we don't know. Like, I don't know why you feel as if just because we're angels, we would know. We don't. Stop saying the same thing over again. We can't really, like, I don't even know why this dude said we could help you. Because technically we can't. When Genesis goes back, because Jesse is belligerent, the angels give up. Nah, we ain't singing to you no more. They leave him with the other option, which we don't know what that is yet. He very ineffectively shouts after them like he didn't want to be powerful anyway. And Eugene, the hallucination, is finally gone. The church comes under fire at night to the community's enjoyment. Donnie gets the drop on Preacher and he basically fucked up his hearing so his power wouldn't work on him and Jesse gets knocked out. (laughs) That's when Odin tells him and Jesse realizes when he said serve God this whole entire time he has been. He serves the God of meat. I think I spoiled that. And while it sounds crazy believing in the tangible that's not that crazy versus in odin's mind a god who is silent or non-existent depending on your belief jesse wants another deal because he's going to demand god come talk to him and if he doesn't he'll denounce him in front of the church and sign over the deed tulip has been playing with the dog all day because she wanted to give him one last hoorah of living before she hands him over to cassidy to survive she says damn you jesse custer what i loved about this is it really shows a differing viewpoint that kind of is both jesse's and odin's philosophy in a way because yes we are all creatures of meat but that doesn't mean that you can't be kind to the creatures rather they be animal or human in the definition or or logistics or otherwise what i'm trying to say and then here she has knowing that she's going to sacrifice this animal she has no real you know affection for him but she creates that affection because she's going to be responsible for the loss of life she's she feels some type of need to love this creature like the hug that she gave him before she put him in the room and she couldn't stay and listen to it but she made sure before it was already abandoned and met its death that it still had one person that cared about it before it died and i think that that is far more um affecting philosophy than both what odin who's completely cynical and pessimistic and then you have jesse who's completely uh devout where you there is that middling ground where you can be just a good person and appreciate things that are both tangible and intangible and it doesn't necessarily mean it it needs to fall within a religion the sheriff takes jesse to jail 
And of course, we know she fed the it to Cassidy, right? <laughs> the sheriff takes Jesse to jail to wait out Sunday where he will denounce God or summon him. How he's going to do that? Well, I guess you got to tune in next week. We do have feedback from Shy, So let's hear what she has to say about this episode. Let's jump in the mailbag. I am back to talk about Preacher episode 8, uh, the first season. Um, I missed out on giving feedback last week, and so I have returned. Um, this one was a very interesting episode. I'm still trying to, like, <laughs> put into words, like, my thoughts about it because it just seems like it was a bunch of weird I don't know I don't know if it was it was just strange this episode I'll get into it I'll just explain what I mean instead of trying to uh wrap my mind around what I'm trying to say um as far as the my overall feelings about it I mean it wasn't bad um it's just that um yeah there's just some just some weird moments in it that (laughs) I'm like okay this is um I'm really but again I'm not from a small town but I would like to think that you know this isn't normal under any circumstance regardless but anywho well we see that you know, I, I, in my last feedback, I talked about my, you know, my issues with liking Jesse and even with knowing his more of him and Tulip's backstory and seeing what happened and again, understanding all of that. And I think Tulip and Jesse as kids are adorable um yes they were really ride or die for each other and um I really like that I just um uh, I personally am not a fan of their relationship I know that she was saying that their boyfriend and girlfriend but I'm like are they I mean is it just that's just the label they give each other even though they're not actively acting like boyfriend and girlfriend at the moment um because I don't get the impression that they're in a relationship even though she's calling him her boyfriend um so that's just it just throws me off I just again uh I, I mean Tulip you know, she has my heart I mean I really I, I mean the emotions I and this actor has actor actress Um, I'm really enjoying her Um, I just I'm just not a fan of how they're doing her character and I know I hear what you're saying Christine Christina uh, I just I just don't 
I'm just not, I just don't, I just think it could be done better. Um, so I'm just not gonna like it. So, um, and that's just the way it is. Um, I just feel like, and, and she has, I just feel like they're making her too, and I understand why, because again, they're showing us their childhood and all that good stuff, but her being this reliant, this dependent on Jesse is just not healthy to me. And especially when he keeps treating her the way he does, I just have a problem with that. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, I'm just not gonna like it. So, and then I think uh, I was telling you the, about my, what am I supposed to like Jesse? That was another question I had. And this episode didn't help with that either. Even though he called him, I just, I'm just having a hard time with his character. Um, I'm just, I was thinking that at some point he would grow on me, but it's like the more I see him, the less I like him instead of the opposite, which is, isn't that what's supposed to happen normally, what typically happens. But anyway, um... I was still sad, um, I was, I don't know, I was kind of unsure about the Eugene thing when he climbed up out of the, out of the ground, and, uh, I didn't expect, I mean, I didn't know what to expect, really, but the fact that it's a figment of Jesse's imagination, I was, a part of me was hoping that for some weird reason he would he somehow the powers brought him back because that was just so messed up what jesse did and then the fact that he just sit there and act like you know he sees that this sheriff is worried and upset about his son i mean again i mean you did this so there should be consequences there's you know i have a thing with you know count taking accountability for your actions i just don't know how you can you know, say you're this this powers from God and all this stuff, and then yet you do these very selfish deeds, and you don't seem to have a problem with what you're doing. And then, of course, now you're seeing that the things that you've been you thinking that are for the greater good, it's not the case. It's like with Quinn Cannon. Um, it's like with Donnie. Um, look what you did to Eugene. So, you know, and even when he talked about giving up his power, he still was resistant, even though he knew it was the right thing to do. Obviously, we saw that the entity didn't, wasn't trying, <laughs> wasn't trying to hear that because it's feeding, I just feel like it's feeding off of those immoral things in Jesse. I don't know. Uh, or they feed off of each other. And so that's why he's drawn to Jesse. I'm saying he is drawn to Jesse. But yeah, Eugene was like, yeah, I didn't have that far to dig. I'm like, (laughs) and that's saying something. You're under a church and hell's not that far. (laughs) So I thought that was interesting. And then he talks about um, it's crowded down there. Again, uh, telling us something. And, of course, he's talking about being thirsty and constantly being thirsty. I thought he was going to disappear, but then I realized later on why he didn't disappear. But that was my original thought um, that, you know, when he went to get the water and came back, Eugene was going to be gone. Um, 
so then we got Quinn Cannon and his posse. This is the part that just I'm like, what? Is this supposed to be funny? Like, can we? I mean, it was. I'm, don't get me wrong, part. <laughs> but it was like it was like a, it was comedic in in that whole situation. Like with the guys, they go in there, they come back, they got their butt kicked, and then they're like they're trying to figure out how to get their. Um, or I guess their strategy it was just so ridiculous it was like are y'all serious right now um and then the guy um Clive goes in there oh my gosh and he comes back and he's like oh he this is my penis he shot my dick off <laughs> he's just calm as can be because I was like he's what and so <laughs> when he was walking back like what did he do to him he did something to him and then he was just so calm oh my gosh that that scene had me cracking up and i'm like that, that's what i mean it's like this supposedly serious situation and this you know him trying to you know battle you know last line of brigade you know just the whole thing was just ridiculous and then seeing the whole um that scene that we didn't get to see that um when uh jesse's dad went to quinn cannon office and that whole horrific scene but i mean it was sad we got to see here to see his um because i was wondering what the point of that scene was with the uh ski lift and then find out that that's his family his whole family perished that was sad and why he's the way he is so we're getting more backstory on why these characters are the way they are um which is great and you know what is their motivations and why these motivations what's driving them um so i i like that so i enjoy this part of the episode because it's you know it's definitely um giving us those um those moments those character moments that we need to um have to help us understand like why is he acting this way why is he the way he is so this definitely um answer questions in that regard if you're he had a good question for you know when jesse wasn't trying to i know i'm bouncing all over the place but i'm like trying to remember the episode when um he's asking you know what good have you done with these powers you're saying that these powers are good from god but you're not doing anything good with them nothing good has come from you using these powers to this point and so i thought that was a poignant um moment and then, of course, I was like, I was trying to figure out, like, what is going on with this scene? There's a point to this scene with Tulip and this dog. And so, and I and I should have known, but I, I, I really, this whole episode, I'm like, where is Cassidy? What happened to Cassidy? And that's back to the, the part about um, this uh, um, Jesse that is, like, problematic for me. I mean, you actually left Cassidy to die. I mean, it's like wow you you really that was cold-blooded and apparently we see we find find out that tulip went and got him and you know bringing him back to life and poor brewster is that his name oh my gosh i was like oh are you serious i mean she <laughs> i mean she, i guess she was giving him his what like they do for people that are on death row give them their final meal their final this and so she played with the dog did all this stuff gave him love 
and then she sent him into the slaughter oh my gosh that was so sad I'm like there's not a better way there's not <laughs> then we got the uncle that's I've, I, I mean I have not seen him stand up have I seen him stand up in this whole series so far <laughs> he's constantly passed out somewhere I'm like oh my gosh um of course we see more of you know there's still the mystery of who murdered his father and why um so obviously some some uh town people weren't happy with his dad for whatever reason then we got emily i'm like this woman miles you need to develop a backbone or just just stop it because dude my dude you she's sitting here you know treating you like crap and then like hey can you take the kids to school and he does and then he's like oh you need milk oh i've washed your shoes and put them in the window i'm like this woman all that you do for this woman you know hair her she got googly eyes and she knows it googly eyes for jesse she ain't trying to you know and that's sometimes that's what we do you know we we want that bad boy instead of the reliable dependable guy even though he's a little bit too much of a doormat for my liking but hey i better go i've already you know rattled on long and longer than i intended to and there's so much more I can say, but it's just not enough time to say it. So those are my thoughts. Um, I hope it makes sense. I think I was all over the place. I felt like I was all over the place and giving my feedback. So sorry. Um, I'm just, yeah, it's a lot to digest in this one. And I, yeah, now that I'm still talking, I could think of other things, but I'm not going to talk about it. Until next time, much love, peace of Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch. Shy. The episode. So I wrote a few notes down. Ski ski lift. That's that's what it's called. <laughs> I said pram. That's all I could think of when I was writing my notes. Uh I would say Um, this is a hundred percent normal what you was watching. Like they were pretty much toasting the shit out of people in these rural areas yes this is what they do like random shit will pop off they'll all come with their lawn chairs and sit in the grass to like yeah like you know the people who show up at crime scenes and shit that those are pe- those are real people when you're in a small t- small town and you don't have a lot to do I'm not saying they're all like that i'm saying the backwards one ones are and we know that there are a lot of them. There are a lot. You can't be shocked by these things anymore. <laughs> Not after 2020. You cannot be like, oh, is this normal? Yeah, this is this is some normal shit. The barbecue, everything. Uh, them with people on guns. People literally recreate Confederate and Union Army uh, battles. They just do it for fun. Not knocking them. I'm just saying there are strange things out in the world that people do that are considered fun that we might be that we might be like, oh, that's not normal. And 
I get what you're saying. I'm not a fan of the relationship at all. Like, I 100% ship Cassidy and Tulip together, have from the moment they met, and will continue these next four seasons. Um, their relationship simply is far healthier. But I think that it is a, I think it is worth noting or having. I know we had this conversation offline. I remember we had it on the podcast of having black characters uh black female characters in particular not be the archetype of black female characters where they're on some type of pedestal they got to be the wise one or they got to be the best friend like sometimes we get in toxic fucking relationships and that's black white or whatever but we really rarely see black women in a toxic relationship and it being with a white male could that cause some additional um, feelings of distaste? Possibly. Uh, once again, I, I really don't. I take it as you can be in this type of relationship, black or white. Um, and I'm not saying you say that too, because you'd be like, I didn't say that. I'm like, I know some things you infer, but some things I'm really just talking out of my own brain. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I don't love the relationship whatsoever, but Tulip, um, I think is a great character in herself and I find things that I really value with her and her close relationship and her loyalty is one of the biggest things about her. I will say, keep in mind, this is season one, so there's a lot more backstory to their backstory, even recent backstory. So it's not so undefined or, or not as defined as the first season. Like they just keep peeling back. Season two is a lot more and then season three is a lot more too. And then season four is kind of, you know, a little bit more settled. But you're going to keep getting more backstory. So, you know, that's the great thing about these characters. They, they are shaped very much by their past and their traumas. And while i may dislike them or a relationship in times and moments and there's going to be moments and times throughout the entire show that all the characters may be unlikable uh, i've had moments where i'm like mm, uh jesse he's just more prevalent mm, tula you know or uh cassidy i'm you're gonna have those moments in this show um, but they're very complicated people that that make a choice in regards to their their loyalty to each other but i can i can see what you mean there is not a, a rather enjoyment to the fact that tulip is such a, a giving person and it seems as if she's paired with someone who's a, a taker and a narcissist and now has this god power to go with said narcissist personality um, but who is also he himself a stunted little boy and uh i don't want to keep rambling because i don't want to go too much further into the character's arcs but what i'm saying is you're seeing the, the proportion of that but i think that that i, I wouldn't say that her loyalty to jesse outweighs her own agency 
And hopefully you see that a little bit more with the character as the storyline progresses. Clive was in shock, man. <laughs> and it was totally meant, that whole scene was meant to mock. It was meant to be funny. That's why I was laughing hysterically. They're all in Confederate gear. Yeah, they, they are dragging those types of Trump supporters that live in those types of rural areas down in Georgia. Um, <laughs> I don't know what part of Georgia you're in, but there are definitely some parts of Georgia because they keep trying to suppress the vote down there. I mean, and I've talked to a few other Georgians that live in those areas and they white. They be like, nah, it ain't like the rest of the world is trying to stop people from suppressing. Like they, they legit come up to your crib, knock on your door, put a cross on the lawn. It's like no fucking joke. Um, so yeah. And they have a lot of this culture. And I know because I, again, <laughs> I just happen to know quite a few people who live in these types of areas down south and they always talk about just the crazy shit that goes on. Some quite ignorant. And I would say Miles did develop himself a backbone in this episode. He pretty much at that moment said, you need to make a choice. Um, I understand I may be a little bit more of a doormat than you're used to. And you want someone who's a little bit more. But you need to start thinking about being a mother and being someone who lives in this town. And stop looking at Jesse as if he's someone that's really going, you're going to really make it work with. Really is going to provide for you and your two fucking children in case you keep forgetting that. And you're invested in this town. Jesse is not. And it's about time you start facing that reality and stop playing with this fantasy. And I loved it. So I, I think he definitely had his moment where he was like, oh, this bitch. But then later on when she saw with her own eyes and she knew she wasn't convincing him of nothing... She sat there with his uh, hand on her shoulder <laughs> and kept her damn mouth shut. So really good episode. I can't wait for the penultimate that is next uh, or this coming Sunday. If you want to send feedback, blackercouch.gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Oh, I keep forgetting to mention this because I never talk about it. There is a reason and a purpose we are seeing underneath that there is a dial that continues to rise and it's rising and it seems to be lowering but it every time it gets closer and closer to bursting what that can mean for the town time will tell till next time peace hair grease and black magic <laughs>